Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is scheduled for Hornfall. Hornfall! Sorry. I'm Shawnee Constant, and I'm here recording from the palatial Wrestle Palace Studios. And I have not done an introduction at all. I'm going to toss it to you, Mr. Shazuk Bean, our host. Thank you very much, Shawnee. It's uh, it's it's great to uh, try this new uh, version of the One Fall Show. Hopefully, uh, we'll get it down, and and you guys will enjoy it even more. This is essentially our pilot episode of what the One Fall Show is turning into, and what it's turning into is a game show. That's right. We've got a couple of panelists that you will come to know and love. One of them being Mr. Nate Bender. Say hi to everybody, Nate. You'll get to know me, but I don't know that you'll love me. Hi. Happy to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we've also got Mr. Justin Valentine. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And uh, this week's episode, we are joined by acronym Amy Cooper. Say hi, Amy. Troublemakers in the house. There we go. All right. So uh, before we get into the uh, the particular game show segment of the show, before the show, we asked everybody who their favorite wrestler of all time was. Shawnee, do you want to start? Nope. I left that for you, sir. Okay. I'm hanging out here listening to our one remaining fan from previous iterations of the One Fall Show. Fantastic. All right. Well, hopefully they will enjoy it. I would say that uh, personally, my favorite wrestler of all time, more than likely Jeff Hardy. Uh, it's a hard pick for me, but he's definitely the one of the guys when I came back to wrestling watching that I was like, I need to keep watching this guy forever because the ne every time you watch him could be the last time you see him. So it was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, Nate, you were uh, listed HBK as your favorite wrestler of all time. That's right. Yeah. No, uh, Shawn Michaels uh, has one of the most iconic moments of all time. WrestleMania 12 coming down from the rafters on the zip line and going the full hour and then plus some with Bret Hart who was a wrestler that I respected immensely uh, is in my mind, one of the best match of all time. Um, so yeah, he, uh, he remains at the top of my list. A respectable choice. Justin, you listed Rob Van Dam, Mr. Monday night as your favorite wrestler of all time. Tell us a little bit of why. I mean, it's a less obvious pick. There's probably not one moment I can point to, but at the same time, I don't think he was ever irrelevant. I think at, no matter what show, what year it was, when he came out, people were drawn into his match and what he was up to. Also a respectable choice. Rob Van Dam, uh, plenty of moments throughout his WWE career and his ECW career as well. Battle Creek Stone. That's right. Amy, acronym, you listed Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Texas Rattlesnake, your favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, what's your reasoning? He was just a badass that was always going against the grain of any authority or any um, ruling. He wanted to be him, and I can identify with that completely. All right. All solid choices. I can't uh, I can't poo poo any of those choices. So with that being said, let's get into the uh, the game show portion. Poo -poo. That's, that's the transition you're going to go with. You can't poo poo any of those choices. Would you turn up your guy smiley enthusiasm, sir? Let's get this going. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, let's uh, let's get into the game show portion of our uh, our show here. So uh, we have three different topics or or three different categories, sir. 
Thank you. Three different categories. Thank you, Shawnee. Uh, each of them with three questions in them. Well, how we'll do it is uh, we will we have randomly picked somebody to start the game. Uh, you will be asked a question. If you cannot answer the question, we will move on to another opponent. If you get, answer the question, then you will get points. And at the end of the uh, end of the game, we'll see who's got points and we'll play a lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Our three categories today are Around the Ring, which covers news and trends. We've got Smacked Raw, which covers the uh, Monday Night Raw and Friday Night Smackdown. And then we've got the Wednesday Night Wars or Hump Day, which covers, of course, AEW and NXT. Nate, we will start with you today. Which uh, which particular category would you like to start in? Uh, let's go with Smacked Raw. All right. Going through Raw and Smackdown. Our first question uh, comes to us from Monday Night Raw. Before he was the Monday Night Messiah, what other holy nickname did we know Seth Rollins? God, I don't think I... Uh... Stumped you from the beginning, huh? Uh, yeah, I really, I, 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 I can't say that my knowledge of Seth Rollins runs deep, so yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, Justin. Do you have an answer for this one? Are we going immediately before or any nickname before uh another nickname with a holy connotation that uh we would refer to seth rollins by and frankly we'll give you points if you just come up with a silly answer instead of no answer i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm gonna go with uh the beast slayer the beast slayer is not what i have down here but it was definitely one of his nicknames and a a fairly good one the uh name i had down here was crossfit jesus so i didn't think that i was gonna that and you never came to me <laughs> i knew wow 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 angry wow. angry so i get the points on that one though right i'm sitting here going like i know this and these guys don't know this and i'm super excited to show them up and then he doesn't even ask me <laughs> first off you didn't even wear a tie you're a goddamn game show host and you're not wearing a tie uh secondly we discussed the fact that when a person got the answer wrong, at that point we go to a buzz in round. So we allow our two component uh, opponents to buzz in with the opportunity to answer the question. Uh, third, we include all of our panelists. This guy can't <laughs> even follow his own format. <laughs> look, look, I'm new to the job. Okay, give me a break. Boo! Fuck you! This shit sucks. <laughs> even Jim Cornette is not entertained with me. I, I feel like this is how every game show should go now. They should just the the host should just get trolled hard from the very beginning. All right, all right. Well, Seegs is uh, Seegs is Justin had a nickname and Amy had the correct nickname. I'll give them each a point. How's that? I'll mark it down. Although I think that we're going to be going back over these point rules after the episode is over. Yeah, what? I don't get a point for being wrong. No, no, you do not. That's the one thing we all agree on. there's no participation trophies nate (laughs) this is rigged all right so sean who should i go to for the next question then uh go back to nate because he has zero points fair enough nate for our second question in the smacked rock category while issuing a promo to challenge seth for a match at money in the bank drew mcintyre was attacked by zelina vega and her faction of heel goons Name any of these heel goons. Uh, Angel Garza. There you go. There's one. Give me a point. Give me the point. Point <laughs> added. If you can name any more, you can get additional points. 
Oh, uh, he's changed his name so many times. Andrade Cien Almas? Is that his name? That is correct. Nate is on the board and in the lead with two points. There is one more. Is the, thir- is the third one Austin Theory? Wow. He sweeps Boom. the category. That's right. Does it matter that he doesn't go by Andrade Cien Almas anymore? He just goes by Andrade? No, we're going to allow it because we love Andrade Cien Almas. But we hate Andrade. (laughs) It's like they're two different people. (laughs) So let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, With with Raw and SmackDown, with wrestling in general being recorded the way it is, uh, they have chosen this particular time in history to not only crown a new champion in Drew McIntyre, but also try and build new heels to go against him in these three. And it's interesting to see that uh, Zelina Vega is uh, running a bit of a Bobby Heenan scam by managing more than one person, something we haven't seen in a while. What would you guys, if you had to name this faction, what would you name them? Anything except Death Triangle, which is the dumbest name in wrestling history. Um, I don't. I actually like the stable though. Like, except for Austin Theory, who I think is an amazing wrestler, just not a good heel. Um, I think he'd be a, a way better babyface. Otherwise, I actually really like. I I like this stable a lot. I struggle to come up uh, with a name for this stable right now, but I do love it. And a lot of people didn't like that. They got thrown around by Drew McIntyre, but in the end, they're in a storyline with the top guy on the show right now. That is the way to form a stable and make them legitimate. Whether they're winning matches or losing matches, they're still in that storyline. And of course they're going to make Drew look good right now. How weird was it to see Zelina Vega cut a promo on Alistair Black, who is there in a relationship? They're married. Yeah. I th- I thought the same thing. And it's funny because she was sarcastically giving them com- compliments. And I'm thinking she's pro- she probably means everything she's saying right now. Very weird moment. But uh, I-, I like that they were able to pull it off. Yeah, I don't want it to ever happen, but I'm real curious if she's going to continue to manage characters that are going to go against, you know, the person that she lives with and she loves. Were something to happen to him in the ring, can she keep character? She seems like enough of a pro where she'd be able to to keep kayfabe. I think she would. Yeah, these guys are trained to, you know, know stuff could happen and she she'll know to wait till they get backstage or wait till they go to commercial at least since there's no crowd right now. I mean, she's no Lana. I will give you that. She is not Lana. Not one bit. <laughs> and that is to her benefit. 100%. Lana's the worst. All right, we've got one more question here in this Raw and SmackDown uh category before we move on Chef, do i not get to name the faction oh i'm sorry what, what would you like to name the faction <laughs> you did wow. it twice i was twice. waiting for you to jump in <laughs> i thought i was being invited <laughs> get in the pool bitch you throw it out and then you reel them in <laughs> I was just gonna say if Andrade is going to be the one that's heading this it should be tranquilo that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, it's already used though. You can't yeah. to take a New Japan name. We can't. Oh, is that a New Japan name? I know nothing about New Japan, so. Yeah, we can't allow WWE to do anything of that nature. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I, I don't want to call it relax because then they'll give him a Frankie Goes to Hollywood theme, but he likes to say that a lot. Maybe that's what they'll do. The same thing they did with the club instead of the bullet club. They'll just call him the relaxed. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Our last question in the smacked raw category for Nate this week on SmackDown. They ended the show with a celebration of triple H's 25 years in the WWE while Sean and Hunter were goofing off in the ring. There were multiple phone calls. Uh, name anybody that called triple H while he was in the ring. Uh, Rick Flair. Uh, was one of them. Uh, Stephanie yep. was another one. And uh, uh, hang on. I know this. I know I got this. the other one. I know this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children <laughs> of all ages, the road dog. Shawnee, I'll defer to you. How many points does he get for this? That's a full three points. Actually, right. it was the road dog a correct answer? I'm not sure, sir. Road dog was the correct answer. It was hard to tell because he was bald and had a big gray beard, but it was absolutely the road dog Jesse James on the phone with him. Yeah, he looked goofier than shit, but yeah, that was uh, that was definitely road dog. <laughs> yes, that's true. So, uh, thoughts on Triple H? His 25 years in the uh, in the um, WWE. Are we fans? Are we not? Do you have a favorite Triple H moment or match? I mean, Triple H is easily one of the greatest of all times. His rivalry with Stone Cold Steve Austin in 2001, late 2000, early 2001, was absolutely brilliant. The matches, the story, the promos, everything that went into that rivalry was absolutely gold. And when they put those two together as a team, it made no sense. That's fair. When we were watching some stuff the other day on the network, I was looking at it and thinking that I, I really like the way that Triple H is good at, you know, selling things. But emotion wise, he's got that down to where he tries to make it as believable as possible, which I don't feel like enough people give him credit for because all the stuff that he did with Mick Foley and whatever version of Mick Foley he was at the time, like he did great with all of it. Like the shock of, oh, my God, it's not it's not mankind. It's. Cactus Jack, oh my god! Like, it's the same guy, but he makes it work. Yeah, this segment was so self-indulgent, but I didn't hate it. Like, I was entertained the entire time, so it 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 kept me from changing the channel, which is good. Uh, I actually, I like, I, I like Triple H a lot. Uh, he has always been a really good storyteller. Uh, every, you know, he, you got the jokes about him burying people and he's buried more than a few careers, but he's also someone who does the job when it's called for and makes whoever he's in the ring with look generally fantastic. Um, so, you know, I, I've been uh, a big, big fan of triple H for a long time. And listen, if you've been married to Stephanie for as long as he has, he deserves at least some kind of party for that. I think what made that segment so good was the references to all the horrible segments and storylines that he has had some say in or a part in, such as Katie Vick or Bailey, yeah. This Is Your Life. That was awesome that they brought those up. And it was funny, too, that Sean made a video package of every WrestleMania loss that Triple H has. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although I whoever is writing Vince McMahon's material, boo! Boo! That writer should have been fired, not, you know, Zack Ryder. 
no. Yeah, that was probably the hardest part is the very end when Vince McMahon came out because it was not pretty. Yeah, but I, I don't think that was on the writers. I think that's more of Vince McMahon needs to stay off TV, cannot put together a promo to save his life anymore. Amen. Not just that, but a, just a bad week to appear on television at all. Shawnee, do you have any uh, opinions on Triple H? No, sir. I think we should move this along. All right. Sounds good. Give me a uh, count of the points here, Shawnee, before we go into round two. As we enter round two, Nate is winning with six points. Justin and Amy, uh, who has a bit of an excuse in the fact that she's not being allowed to answer the questions, uh, trailing behind with only one point each. Oh, yeah. Can I take her point? I'm, I'm clearly not getting any favoritism. Let's just be honest here. All right. Well, moving forward into round two, let's let Amy choose the category. Amy, you're up. You've got uh, the Wednesday Night War of Hump Day to choose between or Around the Ring, some news and notes from uh, the week that was. Probably Around the Ring for me. All righty. Question one involves uh, the People's Champion, The Rock, during a live Q&A on Instagram. Who did The Rock say he would wrestle if the venue and the business model were right? Oh, shit. I don't know. I'm going to just go with, I'm going to guess Kevin Hart just because that's that's my only idea. <laughs> well, I would, would pay be, to watch that. That would yeah. be a fantastic yeah. match to watch. That is incorrect. Justin, here's your opportunity to gain a point and steal. Who do you think The Rock said he'd wrestle if the venue and business model were right? I'd be lying if I said I saw this interview, but from what I've seen online, I'm going to say Roman Reigns. That is the correct answer. What kind of build would they have to have for this match uh, in order for it to interest you guys? Not have Roman Reigns in it. <laughs> Man, you can't hate on Roman Reigns. He does nothing wrong on screen. The writers have screwed and robbed Roman Reigns from crowd appreciation. We know that. I mean, it's hard not to do the family ties. I think... It's going to be a similar Undertaker feel when he's saying, this is my yard, I'm the guy, and The Rock to come out and say, wait just a minute, I can still go. The thing about Roman Reigns is that like people don't like when they sh get things shoved down their throat. So I think it's uh, completely Vince's fault that nobody likes Roman. I could see that because uh, going back and watching some old Shield matches, when Roman was kind of the big quiet enforcer of the shield. Like he was definitely much more palatable. He's also got a really limited move set. I mean, it's Goldberg levels of, you know, Oh, here's another Superman punch and a spear. And okay. All right. It's, it's nothing that anyone else in the business can't do. He can at least last, though, for a longer main event type match, unlike Goldberg. Uh, but Roman Reigns, I, I like his in-ring ability. He got a push when Daniel Bryan should have gotten a push, and that's what screwed him from the beginning. Well, they've also never really tried to change up his gimmick or his character either. Like, take the shield music, take the chest plate, take all of that, get rid of it. And ask yourself, who is this guy? Like, who is he? And how do we want to present him? Because the way that you've been doing it isn't is clearly not working. And, you know, if they did a teardown or I'm not even saying a heel turn, but just 
present the guy as he is because he's naturally a baby face. He's so well-spoken. He's, you know, great with kids, you know, leave him in the baby face role, but I think get rid of the shield stuff. Like I think that in a, in a big way holds him back too. Well, and he's never going to be John Cena. Like that's the problem here. Well, he can't rap. <laughs> Got it there. Shawnee, who gets the next question? Our studio audience liked that one. Very good. Very good. I thought that was Roman Reigns rapping. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our second question in our around the ring category, following the mass release of over 20 superstars on what is considered as many, one of the darkest days in wrestling history, dirt sheet rumblings indicate that a large vocal contingent in the company stood by this former riot squad member, suggesting a potential return. Who are we talking about? Justin former, Former Riot Squad member. I mean, I'm going to roll with uh, Sarah Logan. That is correct. Yep, that's the one. That puts you uh, on the board with another point. Uh, How do we all feel about the Riot Squad? I personally, I really miss them as a unit, and I don't think they ever really got much in the way of a, a good, decent push to make them competitors. For at least a year, the Riot Squad was the reason I was watching wwe television Liv morgan was one of my despite the fact that i have a huge stupid crush on her was actually like one of the more enjoyable parts along with ruby riot like i i think ruby is amazing sarah logan kind of got lost in that mix and i i understand if you were going to get rid of anyone why it would have been her but i i don't think really any of the wrestlers that got let go uh deserved it especially with a company that is wasting money the way that uh titan sports is wasting money uh i think that you know if she comes back that is great hopefully they'll figure out a way to use her in the current feud that ruby and Liv are working because that needs a little bit of an extra oomph it's not quite getting over just yet and i i would absolutely love to see it play out with the full squad in there i feel like they should have let go mickey james instead of sarah logan like somebody that they're just not utilizing at all because she was in a storyline like last week yeah for sure I i was waiting for a riot squad triple threat match and i was hoping for it um i like Liv morgan alone i like ruby riot alone i think they can hold their own as a singles character but i would like to see a triple threat match between those three yeah, the closest that we got was Elimination Chamber, and that was just not that was not good. That was clearly going to be Shayna Baszler's arena and avenue, and it was. And uh, yeah, I agree. I would love to see a triple threat match between them. And I'd also love to see them like think a little bit more about how to use Sarah. There's a rumor that she was going to do a program with the Viking Raiders, which I actually think that that's a perfect pairing uh, because of her kind of like Viking woman persona. So uh, I, I don't know. Whatever they do with her, uh, I think that there's a, a, a range of different ways that they could utilize her. Well, in real life, she's together with one of them, either Eric or Ibar. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, so the chemistry would be there, and they already use that character on screen for both the team and her. So why not put that together? I agree 100%. It seems to be working really well with Bianca Belair and uh, the Street Profits. So, yeah, I, I think that you could do something similar with them. 
Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before she comes back, and I uh, look forward to that day. I'm a fan of Sarah Logan. All right. Our last question in this category, going to uh, Justin again. Rob Gronkowski will be following up his hosting duties with WrestleMania 36 by agreeing to rejoin Tom Brady in Tampa Bay for the next NFL season. Apparently, the WWE couldn't match how big a salary do you, did uh, Rob Gronkowski sign for? Funny you asked me this question because I was looking for this answer on my own earlier this week and I could not find it for some reason. I'm going to roll with, uh, I'm just going to throw a number of $2 million out there because I don't know. All right. Well, that is not the correct answer, but we will go around the table and see who can get as close to it as possible. 10 mil. <laughs> She's not even waiting to get called on because she knows. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't Clearly, blame you. I don't blame you. I, my husband doesn't think I know the answer to these things. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am gonna guess twenty million because I don't know the answer. The answer I have here is nine million. Yes, he will be returning to the NFL to uh, his original contract, which was traded by the New England Patriots. There are $9 million on that contract, and apparently in the pandemic situation, he's decided that rather than walk away from the league, he's going to go ahead and take that money. So this is a little bit off the off topic when it comes to professional wrestling, but during the week when this news broke, I found out that he, uh, he was on Fox Sports, and uh, Rob Gronkowski, pronouns pal, and said that he was nearly traded to the Detroit lions the year that he retired. Like he found out there was a trade in the works to go to Detroit and decided to retire rather than come to Detroit to play. And I could not believe that that is an option when you can just retire and then come back two years later and play for a team you want to play for. Well, his contract was traded. So it was a situation where he was allowed to decide if he was going to engage in the contract or not. He wasn't a complete free agent. And this is a situation where uh, he walked away so that Detroit didn't end up with a useless contract. Uh, instead, Tampa Bay ended up with the contract and he's willing to go and play there with Tom Brady. Can you blame him? I mean, listen, nope, I love the city of Detroit as much as anyone else. Uh, there's not another city that I would willingly live in except for maybe somewhere in uh, Washington State. But this football team is a goddamn disaster there is no one who willingly wants to play for this team can you actually blame him it had nothing to do with detroit themselves though he refuses to play with anyone not named tom brady because he knows if another quarterback is throwing him the ball he's not nearly the player he actually is right now that is fascinating because football being a team sport i would not uh I would not picture that, but let's bring it back to wrestling. So Rob Gronkowski is currently, as of WrestleMania 36, the 24-7 champion. This uh, leaves it open to the idea that possibly during an NFL game, he could drop the 24-7 title. Who do you want to take the 24-7 title off of Rob Gronkowski? Who are you asking, sir? Uh, we'll start with Amy. I, I know that they're probably hoping that it's going to end up being Tom Brady because they want that belt on somebody popular. But I don't think Tom Brady's really going to care. What about you, Justin? I'm envisioning in my head 
during some type of practice, they're going to have our truth and a referee show up to a Buccaneers practice and take the title from Rob Gronkowski. They are doing their shows from the performance center in Florida, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Florida. It's not that far of a drive. I think that's how they're going to take that title off them. Oh, honey. Yes. How about you, Nate? I say retire the stupid title. I think that this is the dumbest gimmick in wrestling right now. It is horrible. Oh, man. Nate, you don't like fun? Let Rob Gronkowski be the final 24-7 champion and be done with it. Honestly, what's probably going to happen is that Mojo Raleigh, for whatever reason, is going to be there, and he's going to take it back, and everyone is going to be just a little bit sadder. All right, give me a point total there, Shawnee. Nate has six points, Justin has seven points, and Amy has three points. There are three points possible for each question, and I'm taking some liberties in terms of giving people points when they don't have the full correct answer. All right, that sounds fair to me. Who gets the next round? Amy is still in third place here by a good margin. We're going to allow her the first crack at the first question of the third round, sir. All right, and our third round comes to you courtesy of Wednesday nights with NXT and uh, AEW being the topic. Uh, Amy, are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be with that section, yeah. (laughs) Fair enough, okay. This week on NXT, multiple matches were held in a tournament for a particular title featuring Jack Gallagher, Kushida, and the recently released Drake Maverick. Which title are they all vying for? Cruiserweight. That is correct. What's everyone's thought on the Cruiserweight title? Obviously, the 24-7 title, not a big crowd pleaser with you, Nate. What do you feel about the Cruiserweight? I actually, like, I, there's there's a couple of uh, wrestlers in this that I really, really like. Obviously, Drake Maverick in his, in his Twitter video uh, pulled at the heartstrings. So uh, I, was, I was kind of uh, pulling for him, especially against some new guy who he lost to. But I, I, I like Kushida. Uh, I, I watched a lot of his uh, New Japan matches i like uh who else was uh is a part of that trying to think who who else i saw as a part of the tournament but uh jack gallagher fought a new uh, luchador of some sort that's right jack gallagher with his new bad guy tattoos i don't know that he can pull those off those i you know like when he was you know just the pasty little white guy with the twirly mustache that's fine but the, the the tattoos are a little bit goofy. Um, so maybe listen to a little less, uh, you know, metal, Jack. And Kushida fought uh, Tony Nese. Tony Nese is another one that I actually, I kind of like some of the matches that I've seen him in. Um, but yeah, it's it's fine. It is what it is. I always loved the Cruiserweight title, even like back in the early 2000s. I loved it when they brought it back. My problem is they don't know what to do with it. They had it on Raw. Then they had their own show, 205 Live, which I think they still kind of do. And then now it's you know being contended for on NXT. It was casually being held on NXT before this tournament. I don't understand what they're trying to do with it, but they have great athletes to pull it off. Yeah, it is interesting that they moved it to NXT when you do have three hours of Raw that you could very easily feature the cruiserweights during. But it does lead to some uh, some fantastic matchups. And, you know, that's essentially what NXT is built on right now is trying to give you some fantastic matchups. Can anyone actually explain the point of 205 Live or 
why I should watch it? Or is it even still running? Is it even a show that they produce anymore? Like if, if the tournament is happening on NXT and the belt has been ping ponged from the different shows, what's the point of two Oh five live? I think to give those guys in their minds, at least more of a platform of, Oh, you have your own show, even though we couldn't keep it on TV for more than a year. And now it's only on the network, not even live. Yeah, and it's definitely uh, when you go to a live event, a SmackDown event at least, and when they're taping the Cruiserweight show after SmackDown, and then you have to wait through that to get to your dark match, it is kind of a bummer because it's about a half an hour of guys that you're not real familiar with, but they, they work their asses off. I just have no interest in it. Like when we've gone to WWE events, it's like, I have to sit through this. Yeah, I'm not really into that. All right, well, let's go to the second question for you, Amy. Um, now sporting a 0-2 and two record in AEW after this week's Dynamite, Atlanta's 27-year-old 100-proof Allen Angels lost to this pumpkin-headed adversary of Chris Jericho going all the way back to New Japan where they had quite the feud. Who are we talking about here? <laughs> no idea. Who do we throw it to, Shawnee? Um, I guess we can throw it to Nate. All right. Well, that would be the cleaner Kenny Omega. That is the correct answer. Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho having quite the feud back in New Japan. Uh, tell us this, Nate, because you are definitely the NXT guy, or I should say the AEW guy in the room. What do you think Kenny has to do to get over here in the States? <sighs> he needs to stop wearing collared shirts on television. He needs to stop talking. Like, no promos. He needs, like, I, I think one of the reasons that Kenny Omega got over so much in Japan is that he was an American that could speak fluent Japanese. So he could cut promos that the audience totally understood. I think that helped him significantly in New Japan. I think he's got to really kind of rework his whole thing. I think a heel turn would do a lot for him. And I'm not talking like, he, and oh man, AEW is a tough place to do that because your champion is kind of a floater between face and heel. Your former champion has a heel faction. There's no shortage of heels in AEW, but I think he, he does not work well as part of the elite. And I'm a little bit disappointed that they've got uh, Adam Page kind of on the outs with that group. Because I think Kenny Omega would be better served being sort of like a solo act. I'm slowly getting more and more, you know, comfortable and familiar with AEW. And when I heard so much about Kenny Omega before I was watching it more, I was shocked to see how bad he was on the mic. I agree with you, Nate. One thing I want to bring up, because Chuck, you had it in your uh, question there. Why are we following records of these superstars on AEW like their sports standings? I, I'm not a fan of that because of the way you know things are scripted and the way some matches could end. I don't care necessarily what their record is overall. That's just me personally. I think the idea is that if they run it more like a sport with uh, wins and losses mattering as far as people getting title shots, that uh, hopefully they would draw in people who are much more, you know, uh, statistic nerds. At the same time, though, that's at complete odds with, you know, Colt Cabana and the best friends. And and believe me, like these are all that's all stuff that I like. But like pick a lane. 
you can't go for like a super serious sports presentation and also have, you know, Orange Cassidy with his hands in his pockets. I love Orange Cassidy. I genuinely do. But like those two ends of the spectrum are at odds with each other. And for some reason, I don't hear fans of AEW like going like that's a problem for me enough. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's not a problem for them. But like for me, I lean more towards the, like, let's take this seriously and and less of the 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 comedy gimmicks. Um, but, you know, I, maybe that's just me. They have to either run almost like a sport with standings or tell a story with these characters. You can't try to do both. Right. Yeah. You can't have standings and Matt Hardy teleporting like the, the just the two. It's it, it just doesn't work. I think there's a world in which they could all work. But unfortunately, it's not the one where we have empty stadiums. Right. The idea of a sports league is sort of intrinsically tied with an audience and taking that element out of the thing lends itself more to the fantastic than it does to telling me that these are people that as a crowd, we should really be getting behind because they're on a a winning streak. You know, those numbers fall flat in an empty room. Then acts or, uh, you know, teams like the best friends should lose 15 times before they start winning. Right. So that they're statistically never even part of the conversation, because uh, one week on Dynamite, you know, when it was Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa going up against the best friends, they were talking about how they're one of the top rated tag teams. I'm sorry, you can't like that doesn't that doesn't work. It's sort of like the Dark Order. Why is the Dark Order the number one tag team? That's a jobber gimmick that I don't want on my television at all. Uh, Brody Lee is great, but like I don't want that at all. So okay, weird question though, Nate. So like if you take that to a different section, like do you not like what do you call it? Bray Wyatt's gimmick? Do you not like uh the Miz and John Morrison? Like because it's in AEW, are you wanting it to be more serious and less soap opera opera y? Or are you just not a fan of things like that in general? I think I don't uh, like I want an alternative to WWE, not WWE light, which is sort of where AEW is going. Right. Right. So I think that's kind of a a big part of it. I, I actually like Miz and Morrison and their, you know, like their their promos where they goof on the other tag teams. Hilarious. That's phenomenal. Great. Um, I, Bray Wyatt, I don't, I don't love cause he's another one that kind of vacillates between being super serious and being a big monster and then tag teaming with a kid. So it's like, well, and I'm looking at it from like, you have like Matt, Matt Hardy's doing like this teleportation, like the dark, whatever. And that's going to be like that in the dark order are probably the closest that they're going to get to something of the Bray Wyatt variety. Like, I feel like that's their answer to this. I agree. And, and I actually, cause like I seeing Matt Hardy on AEW and doing his thing on AEW, I went, I do not like this at all, at all, at all. So I actually went back and watched the entire broken Matt Hardy 
arc from TNA to try to understand it a little bit better. And I, the best that I can figure out is that one day Matt Hardy sat down and watched the room and said, I can do that in wrestling and it's okay, but it's not like, like it was this, it, like, I remember when the broken Matt Hardy stuff started, it was a sideshow. People watched it and sort of goofed on it and laughed at it. But like, was it, it was, it was kind of like ironically over. And I don't know that irony is best suited to something that also has that serious sports, you know, uh, or, or a, attempts to pull off that serious sports uh, angle to it. You know, it's, it's just, it's a whole lot of, I don't I, like, I feel like I get whiplash sometimes watching dynamite. So for, for what it's worth, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I think I go back and forth with the Matt Hardy thing only because in my opinion, Matt Hardy has been around wrestling way too long to change. Now, if it was anyone else trying to pull off this broken character that maybe didn't have the years under their belt that Matt does, I think I'd be all in on it. There's some weeks I like it. Some I don't. I just think, sorry, Matt, you're too late in your career to try to change now. Yeah, I just I think people put up with it because it's Matt Hardy and they're like, eh, yeah, he's been around forever and like, you know, he's had really good matches and he's never really had his own. Okay, well, well, we'll we'll be nice to it, but I, I yeah, like I don't know that it like really works. And him going back to it in AEW after WWE feels like a really like bad idea. Like it feels like you know like going back to uh, you know. Sh- it's it's it would be like a stand-up comedian like going back to their 95 material because they think that people really want to hear Bill Clinton jokes. Uh, you know, it feels weird. I mean, that works for John Mulaney. That's so. true. We but do have one more question show. in this particular uh, round for you to answer, Nate. And this also coming to us. Nate is answering the questions, right? Um, I don't know, man. You were supposed to be running this thing. You're the, the... I believe, yeah, because you uh, you gave us the Kenny Omega answer. So does it bounce back to Amy, or do we just have Nate continue the round? How are we looking on our 60-minute time limit? Uh, we're cutting it real close right now. That's a bad hosting job right there. Uh, whoever got the last answer right gets to continue to uh, answer the questions, although I think that we are... Comp- very ill prepared to do a lightning that's round. That's true. That's true, which is unfortunate because there is absolutely some great questions in there. But it looks like if Nate can answer this question, he probably is taking the entire game. So let's see. Uh, after weeks of teasing his absence due to a mystery ailment, top heel MJF finally revealed this week that he's recovering heroically from a life threatening injury. What was his injury, Nate? Oh, man. M- MJF, my boy, he is. He has been laid up with a devastating hangnail injury. And listen, I I just want to send our best wishes from everyone here at the One Fall Show to MJF. We we have been missing him on television, so uh, we we uh, anxiously wait his re, you know speedy recovery and swift return. That is the correct answer, and that is some serious heel bullshit to make people think in this time. He might need surgery, sir. I will hear none of it. 
I mean, I agree with you. That's some serious, fantastic heel bullshit at this time in the world to tease a serious injury for it to be that. That's brilliant. I love it. All right, Shawnee. Well, let, let tell us our, our final scores here. The winner of our game this week is, in fact, Nate with a total of 12 points out of a possible 15. Oh, yeah. Just. Justin and Amy both tied with seven total points. All right. Well, uh, uh, I don't know about that, but okay. Congratulations to uh, our first uh, our first pilot show winner, Nate. Thank you very much. Do do I get do I get a chance to to speak with the people? Would you Would you like no. to let the people know uh, no. how you feel about being not at all this week's uh, winner? I absolutely would, Chuck. I'm glad that you asked me. So I just, listen, I I, want to speak to all of the fellow members of the cult of Cornette very quickly. I listened to this week's Jim Cornette experience, and I I understand that the Cornette store is closing from May 1st to the 15th. But don't worry, because I've got you all set with the cult of Cornette pop-up shop. We've got, this is amazing. You're going to love this wrestling platinum, 19 hours of classic, never before seen wrestling on 15 burn DVDs. These matches have lovingly been converted from 320 by four by 240 real player video. So they're completely unwatchable. You'll get Lanny Poffo's Iron Man match against Wayne Ferris. You'll get gorgeous Gino versus Dino Bravo, Pampiro Furpo versus his own shadow, and oh, 17 man. matches where Barry Darso loses to jobbers. That's not all. We don't have Jim Cornette action figures. Those are all sold out, but we've got a warehouse find. Nick Bockwinkle WCW action figures comes with an extra pair of super thick prescription glasses from the 70s. And of course, we've got a box of fuck Jim Cornette t-shirts sent to us from an unnamed mud show goof who has to clear his inventory. Get those. Those are going fast. And of course, we will have inevitable cease and desist letters from Stephen P. New. You can get all of that at tinyurl.com slash cult of Cornette pop-up shop with an E. I was unaware that Nate had a new hustle during these hard times, but I am happy to hear it. Before we go, uh, Justin, Amy, I will give you guys each, uh, let's say, 60 minutes to cut a promo on Nate for next week. 60 minutes? What <laughs> it's an Iron Man promo. promo. Oh, my Lord. I will give you uh, hold on, get a, a, drink, a drink of water here. I will give you 60 seconds to cut a promo on Nate for next week's show. Tell him how badly you're going to whoop his ass. Justin, you can start. All right, I got 60 minutes to talk here. My voice seconds. might go out half of it. It's cool, though. Listen, this was the pilot episode. We are figuring things out, meaning we still haven't figured out who the top knowledgeable guy on this show is. Nate, it's one week. It's a test round. You won absolutely nothing. Maybe a plastic trophy because, again, it is a test round. Once the real thing gets going and we wash out all the kinks of this game show, we'll find out the real guy at the top will be yours truly week in and week out. You can keep your plastic trophy 
happy. You can keep your replica belt because the real thing will be here at my house next to my laptop every week for this show. I don't know if this is 60 seconds. I don't need 60 seconds to get my point across. Oh, honey, yes. Good job, Justin. Uh, Amy, would you like to cut a promo against Nate in Erica's standing for next week's show? Nate Bender, man of golden voice. You may have won this week, but you're not going to win next week, baby. And you want to know why? Numbers don't lie and Chuck screwed me over. (laughs) And you have no chance next week against Erica if you think I'm bad. Thank you very much, Amy. And thank you, Nate, for uh, thank all three of you for playing Shawnee. Oh, you can refer to me as Le Champion now. Fair enough. Shawnee, tell people where they can find us online. Oh, that's a long list. I don't think I'm prepared for any of this. Okay, fair enough. You can find us at the One Fall Show on Facebook, the One Fall Show group. I don't know if this show will actually see air, but it was very fun to do, and uh, we'll look forward to doing it again. Hopefully, I can keep track of how the game works next time. Fuck you, Bobby. I hope you're listening. Fair enough.